Hello everyone, welcome to today's episode of Cryptography. My name is Jinghao Tai. Before we start, let's listen to a piece of music first. You are hearing "Serenade Amour" by famous English composer Edward Elgar, many of whose works have entered the British and international classical concert repertoire. His eminent compositions include the Pomp and Circumstance Marches and the Dream of Gerontians. There is no doubt that Elgar had a musical talent, but he is not merely renowned for his musical works. Fascinated by cryptography, he once cracked a supposedly unbreakable cipher published in Pall Mall magazine. He kept his interest and dove into secret writing even after he became a great composer. In his well-known work, the variations on original theme, he musically depicted in each variation a member of his circle of friends, his wife, and to end the piece, himself. More interestingly, he labeled the basic theme in G minor as Enigma and said it was self a variation on another piece of music, which he never disclosed. This makes the orchestral work more widely known as the Enigma Variations. Many people have tried to guess what the Enigma theme might be, but none of the conjectures warrants substance. However, the Enigma Variations isn't his only cryptic legacy. The Dorabella cipher, which is still remained unsolved, is thought to be one of the most famous ciphers in the history of cryptography. In 1897, Albert sent a letter to his friend Miss Dorapani. Nicknamed Dorabella, to express the gratitude after spending a few days living in the Penny's house. Enclosed with the letter, there was an encrypted message, known today as the Dorabella cipher. While he should have expected Miss Penny to decipher the message, this young lady claimed that she never had the slightest idea what message conveys, and then published the cipher in her memoirs of Elgar, asking for solutions from the public. The cipher consisted of 87 characters, each in the form of one, two, or three semicircles in one of eight orientations. So 24 symbols in total were utilized by Elga. All these symbols resembled the letter E, that may have something to do with his initials. Since the cipher was way before the age of computers, which meant that all encryption techniques couldn't be too complicated. Therefore, most cryptologists cracking the code believe it was most likely to be a simple substitution cipher. The substitution cipher, as its name suggests, is a cipher in which each symbol is represented by a different letter in the alphabet. Well, then why Elgar's message only contained 24 symbols instead of 26 ones? Maybe infrequent letters such as Z and X were not used by him. But a more plausible answer is that there were two pairs of letters in the alphabet corresponded to the same symbol. This is because people discovered that in 1920. Elgar used the same symbols again in an exercise book with the cipher alphabet in it as well. According to his notes, letters I and J share the same symbol, so did letters U and V. However, when applying the cipher alphabet to the Dorabella cipher, it results in an apparently nonsensical clear text indicating that Elgar changed the cipher alphabet in his secret message to Miss Penny. As the hope of using the Elgar's notes to break the cold shattered, 
Many cryptanalysts turn to frequency analysis, which matches the most common symbols in the cipher to the most common letters in the alphabet, such as E, A, and T. While it is usually a feasible method to decode substitution ciphers, in this case, unfortunately, it is not as helpful as one may expect. Because the message is too short, it is likely to deviate significantly from the standard frequencies. Therefore, even though the nature of the Darabella cipher is not complicated, most people fail to decode it. But there were still some compelling attempts to the decryption. In 1970, Eric Sams wrote an article in the Musical Times featuring the cipher and proposed the first solution to it with supported evidence. He was convinced that the cipher was based on phonetic spellings. Therefore, he linked the shape and angle of Elga symbols to vowels and consonants and decoded the message. While many people were impressed by such a creative solution based on phonetic interpretations of letters and words, some scholars, however, criticized that the decipherable was read as a disconnected chain of bizarre utterance and that any imaginative minds could come up with something from a random group of letters. So Sam's description made little sense. Nonetheless, his solution still remained well regarded for decades until almost 40 years later, Tim S. Roberts, an adjunct senior lecturer at Central Queensland University in Australia, published his decipherment. Roberts is an inveterate puzzle solver, yet he claimed that successfully decoding Elgar's letter was due to a coincidence, with a chance discovery that the name Penny could be entirely coded within the set of eight symbols all with two semicircles. He constructed the key to the cipher, that was, Lady Penny, writing in code is a way to keep busy. Starting with Lady Penny, which skipped the letter Y in the word Lady and played on the sound of D, Elgar then deleted some repeated letters and omitted the spaces until he got 24 characters. When applying Robert's key to the cipher, we got the plain text. P.S. Now droop beige weeds set in it. Pure idiocy, one entire bed. Luigi Chichi Bunud lovingly tuned Liwuto Studio 2. Seemingly making no sense to the public, the decipherment was considered as persuasive by most historians. The text comprised two thoughts. The first part referred to gardening, because in a previous conversation, Albert had talked with Dora about his effort at gardening of a particular garden bed which might contain beautiful roses. The second referred to Luigi Cherubini, an Italian composer Elgar had idolized throughout his 30 years. By encoding the message, Elgar put his three greatest interests, gardening, music, and secret writing all together, and sent it to a young lady acquaintance. The Dorabella Sefer, perhaps, was merely an innocent note between two close friends. During 2007, the Elgar Society sponsored a competition Join all the compelling solutions to the Dorabella cipher together to find out the best one. Surprisingly, when the judging panel examined those decipherments, including the one of Roberts, it was unable to discover a winning solution. Their argument was that any solution, while decoding the cipher, should be self-evident, that was, Elga admirers everywhere would agree on it, and they believed the Dorabella cipher contradicted the traditional notion that solving ciphers was a purely mathematical affair. It was more like a riddle, so that its decipherments appeared subjective, 
leading to dispute among cryptographers. Marcel Tanisi, a professor of anthropology at the University of Toronto, even gave a more inspiring comment on it. He once said that trying to solve puzzles like the Dorabella cipher is similar to finding the great answers in philosophy or science. It's a process that leads to innovation and the deeper understanding of the world. There's a metaphysical aspect to it. Puzzles promise to order our lives if only we can detect a deeper pattern. Elgar, as a great artist, left the Dorabella cipher along with his musical works to stir our imaginations and to require us to discover the patterns and the keys in his puzzles. Now, as we have discussed so many efforts to solve Elgar's message, you may wonder why it is so popular among codebreakers. The mystery of the Dorabella cipher is not only about its encryption method, but also about its content, specifically the secret relationship between Elgar and Dora. Historians found that Elgar had never sent any other cipher to Zora, either before or after 1897. So why would he send such a riddle, the Dorabella cipher, in that year? Even more interestingly, later when Dora asked him about the cipher, protesting that she could not figure it out, she was told by the composer, "I thought you, of all people, would guess it." Since Elgar remained in intimate contact with Miss Penny for a long time. The cipher may reveal the mysterious relationship existing between them. Additionally, besides Elgar's personal affairs, some people believe that the cipher will give us some clues on the theme of the Enigma variation, because its tenth variation was named Dorabella. However, since the cipher still doesn't have a solid decipherment, nobody knows if it will shed any light on the Enigma. But if it does, It may help resolve one of the oldest mysteries in the musical domain. Will the Dorabella cipher be solved and read as something that we all find compelling in the future? Probably no, because considering the lack of cipher text, we cannot utilize the frequency analysis on it. Another major challenge is the private language and inside jokes between Elgar and Dora. Deciphering it is as difficult as understanding an unknown language. So for cryptanalysts. They have to make random guesses. That's why even some quite credible solutions were questioned by some critics, those who held different opinions upon the conjectures. As a result, it seems that we are unlikely to decode the Dorabella cipher without additional resources. It will continue to remain as a mystery and as a mischievous joke to Kelgar himself, the composer who loved puzzle solving and secret writing. Thank you for listening, and have a great day.